I feel like um, when I tell the story, I try to justify why I did certain actions before I actually tell the action. I should avoid doing that or... No, you can just... There were like red flags and I should have seen them. Hey, this is Jeremy Griswold. And I'm Drew Colson. And you are listening to You'll Never Guess, stories about normal days that turned into you'll never guess what happened kind of days. Long before we had a name for the show, and long before Drew Colson even signed up to be on the show, I captured audio from a friend named Steve who has an amazing story about Craigslist. I was with Steve last year and I wanted to make sure that I got his story on tape. So this story is going to be a little different seeing as we had no idea what we were doing at the time. So bear with us, but I think it's a good enough story to continue on today. And one more thing, as this story goes on, there's some graphic language that's probably not appropriate for kids. Today's episode is about Steve. Steve, not his real name, but for purposes of this story, you'll understand later why he doesn't want to use his real name. In the summer of 2010, Steve had just transferred to a university in California, and he bought a laptop for himself. He did what many of us do, and we search Craigslist, and we go on eBay, and we try to find the best deal possible, and he got an unusually good deal. After telling his brother and cousin about this amazing deal, they as well wanted a good deal. So Steve said that he would look on Craigslist for a good deal for them. And lo and behold, on July 15th, 2010, he found that great deal. And this is where Steve picks up the story. I was doing all these calculations in my head thinking like, oh, I got it all figured out, you know. There's nothing that could go wrong. And coming off just like weeks ago, I just got, you know, a pretty sweet deal myself. So in that same area where I was searching. Yeah, call, called him, text him, and called him. So I talked verbally and I texted. So I thought, sweet deal, let's go. And it's about just over 90 miles away. So I got plenty of time to think about it. Um, driving north, uh, got the location as I'm pulling up. Approaching the said location, there was a mix-up. It was, it was either the second or the third house is what I was told. I'm not getting that address on the second or the third house. Another red flag. I circled back and when I passed the first time, it was like a little cul-de-sac, I circled, circled back on my car and I've seen um, a young dude just walking around pacing. Then eventually when I circled back, I didn't see him. So he kind of, I didn't give it a second thought, pulled into the cul-de-sac, seemed like a newer development, um, condominiums. So pulled in semi like halfway into the driveway, got out of my car. And as I'm getting out, I see that same guy that was pacing out of the corner of my eye. I did not make eye contact. And I'm just thinking this guy's going to try to sell me something. I'm trying not to make eye contact, just making a beeline for the door to knock on the door and make this deal happen. I just got off the phone with, with the guy and this guy was not on the phone. So no red flags. As I'm pull, uh, walking up, I'm about 10 feet away from the car now. He approaches me and mumbles something I didn't understand. And I turned to him and I said, yeah, what's up? And then I asked him, are you Richard? And he mumbled something I couldn't make it out. And he, he said, hey, check this out. And he pulls a gun out of his pocket from under his waist. 
and I'm about three, four feet away from him, pointed at my about waist, just below the waist, about yeah, at my knees or so, and starts demanding the money. And I'm like, what money? How does this guy know that I have money? And I have, I had $3,000 cash, three big ones with me in my pocket. I'm not thinking, I'm not processing anything. I get a phone call. Take the phone out of my pocket and it's Richard, the, guy, the guy's number. And this guy has a gun on me and Richard's calling me. So I'm like, okay, this is a setup. There's more than one. Automatically started doing certain things for um, how the detective said is one either fight or flee. So what I was doing is as my phone was ringing and I pulled it out of my pocket, I was stepping out of my flip-flops. I stepped back out of my flip-flops in case I had to jump or run. So I stepped back out of my flip-flops. I have my phone in my right hand, looking down, and his gun is pointed at me. He snatched the phone while it was ringing, snatched the phone out of my hand, put it in his pocket. And while he was putting it in his pocket, he had the gun in one hand. I jumped him and grabbed him in the headlock. I thought at that moment, since one of his hands is busy, I could subdue him. So I jumped him, grabbed him in a headlock with my right hand, and right as I jumped him, he got startled and shot the gun. The first bullet went through my right thigh, missed the bone, it was just a flesh wound. <laughs> just went right through and through. I did not feel anything. I had insane amount of adrenaline rush. <laughs> Didn't feel anything, heard a, lot, a loud bang. Um, I think my thoughts initially were, this guy's trying to punk me, this is not probably not a real gun. And then when I heard the gunshot, okay, this is a real gun. So immediately I started trying to keep the gun away from me. I didn't know that I got hit. We were struggling and I was able to bring him down to the ground, but he was on top of me and I was on my back. So I still have him in the headlock and my left hand is on his right hand while he's holding the gun. And I'm keeping him in a headlock and trying to keep the gun away from me. And then he stands up on his legs while I'm still holding his head, grabs the gun with both hands, and fires again, he sticks it like into me and fires again, and this time he hits my, my left femur right below the, uh, the hip. Probably shattered 60% of the femur, maybe more. Just blew right through it. The bullet also went out. Um, at the time, he, he, as soon as he made the second shot, I let go of his head and just ripped the gun out of his hands, and I pointed it directly at him. I was laying there, I wasn't thinking or anything, am I gonna shoot? None of that, he just jumped back and took off running and went right around the corner of the building. When I realized I got shot, well, I knew it was a real gun, still not realized that I got hit because I'm wearing black, loose basketball shorts and the blood's not showing very well. But I start feeling my legs. My left leg, I don't feel it at all, like it's not there. I'm trying to move it, it's not moving. Um, I stand up and I put weight on my left leg and I just crumble and fall. And what had happened was the femur snapped completely and moved in about two, three inches, moved up. Uh, at that point, my leg was like a piece of rubber. I was just dragging it on the floor. My car is about 15 feet away. Remember, he snatched my phone. 
Um, I had no way of getting help, so I started to scream really loud for help and then tried to whistle, no response. This is around 4.20, 4.15, p.m. The money had fallen out of my pocket, my glasses are off and my flip-flops are there. And I just realized I gotta, do, if no one's coming, I gotta do something. My car is about 15 feet away. I pulled myself to the car, I crawled on my stomach, just used my elbows, put myself in the car, kind of flopped my leg in, no pain still, um, started the car, turned around and it was about, I don't know, a thousand yards, maybe less, to a main street. So I took a couple right turns to get to the main street and it was a two-way two highway. So I just gunned it. I wasn't afraid of getting in an accident. I was just trying to stop someone for help. Thought I was gonna die. So I went across the street, crossed the street and then opened my window and was waving down. A guy in a work truck, big uh, like F-250 or so, white truck, was able to stop, realized that I was trying to wave down for help, pulled in in front of me and then walked to my car. When he walked to my car, he looked inside and when I had was crawling to my car, I grabbed every, all my belongings that I could grab. Uh, so I grabbed, I think there was like $600 that was left. The rest was in my hand. Um, my sunglasses were there and my flip-flops were still there. So I have this wad of cash and a gun on my seat. And I have black shorts so you can't really see blood. And this guy's probably thinking like, I'm gonna rip him off. I stopped him and I have this gun and cash. I don't know what he was thinking, but he was approaching. And then as soon as he saw that, he started kind of being very cautious. And I'm telling him that I need help. I've been robbed. I got the gun, the guy ran away. I don't know where he is, but I need help. So within like two or three minutes, there were probably four sheriff cars surrounded my car, guns drawn, approaching my car, telling me to keep my hands up, kept my hands up. Um, pain is barely starting to kick in. I'm still trying to process everything, trying to tell the story, trying to tell them that I'm a victim. Told them where it is, just around the corner, two left turns. They were able to go there, and then in a few minutes, I, I seen and heard a female officer, I believe, came back and said, yep, checks out. His flip-flops were there, and there was some money. So firefighters started uh, to take me out of the car. So they didn't want me to move. When I had touched my shorts, picked up my palm, it was all red. The seat was soaking in blood and I was losing blood pretty fast. Uh, did not hit a femoral artery, so thank God didn't pierce it with a bullet or with the brake after. So they start pulling me out. They're pulling me out through the back. So they tilted my seat back and that's when all the pain just poof, hit me and they put in a stretcher or a little board pulled me onto the board and took me out put a big horse needle like in my vein in the ambulance on my ride to the hospital the hospital is about five miles away this was out of town for me so i was not familiar with the area um but yeah they put the needle in but they didn't give me any pain meds until they got the full story and got all the details I was in the hospital for about four days, four nights, and then came home and was recovering. I was in, in the bed for about a month.
getaway driver ended up ratting everyone out so I didn't have to go to court. So what happened was um, I was supposed to testify. So I met with a detective um, a couple times, actually. They came down to our town to do a, a full story of, of my side of the story in their office, kind of recorded on, on camera and everything. And then um, when I was in the hospital, a friend of mine is does website design and he knows how the website works the internet works so he was able to get I gave him the name I gave him the phone number and I gave him yeah the name and the phone number of the guy that was listed in the ad turns out it was a real his real name and his real phone number and the way he found his it was a MySpace page this is 2010 MySpace what the heck so he he found him by doing a search on the phone number in all of Google's history and cached history. He found his phone number. He left a comment for one of his buddies. The comment was, hey, hit me up. Let's smoke some bud sometime soon and gave his phone number. And that phone number is what was pinged back. And so he pulled up all the pictures that he could from that MySpace page um, of every clean shot that he could get. And I was able to identify the shooter. Uh, in the hospital one few days after. Um, so I turned over all of that to the detectives. Uh, I was on a CD. And they were able to pull up AT&T records. And I think they got all of our text messages back and forth. Um, I don't know if they got our phone calls, but that's what they were trying to get. But they caught the guy on a different crime. They arrested the mastermind, Richard. They arrested him on a different, similar crime, but a different crime several months down. So they got arrested in January. This happened in July. Um, so the shooter, the getaway driver testified against the shooter and the mastermind. So I didn't have to go to court. Um, the shooter got 13 years or 12, 12 and a half or 13 years. Um, Getaway driver was, they were lenient on him, got a couple, I don't, I don't remember how many years, and then the mastermind got three or four years for this crime, but he got that tacked on to the crime that he actually got arrested for. But yeah, that's the end of my story. Have you used Craigslist since? Yes. Yeah, but now that with would be surprising to of course. some people. And it was actually, I believe I still had, I was on a crutch or for one of the deals. It was, that's how recent it was. It was within like three months. Um, but I was very, I approached the situation very different. Um, I verified, I did as much, you know, searching and verifying that it's a real, and it was a hundred dollar deal, you know, who's going to go, I don't know, who's going to rob someone for a hundred dollars. There might be some people, but <laughs> <laughs> I made sure it was a public place. But even though with all the prepping and, you know, my heart was pounding, approaching and uh, even getting to a public place and knowing that I'm about to meet some stranger to make a deal. 
but yeah, since then, I sometimes use that story um, when I call someone if I'm buying something. I tell them, hey, this better not be a shady deal because you know I've had I have history with Craigslist and see how they react, um, and I kind of use that to gauge if it's good or not. But I've made a handful of Craigslist deals since then. Mm-hmm. I just do them much wiser. Mm-hmm. So if you were to give advice to the person who's doing Craigslist, what would it be? And I know you kind of do it in the middle, but. Well, try to re, uh, try to gauge something outside of the listing. First of all, the listing was very brief, um, so there was not a lot of detail on these two laptops that I was getting. So I was really naive going into oh, it's just it's almost like if if you look at the ads now, if, if I were to read the ads now, I'd be like, what kind of idiot would fall for this ad? Because it's just like literally one or two sentences of what it is. There's not even a real picture of it. There's like a stock picture. So it should have been, you know, red flags. Do not look at anything on Craigslist that has a stock picture. Um, The more detail, the better. When you call and talk to them, try to get detail about that. Ask if there are any nicks, if there's any, you know, get details that will throw them off if they're, you know, and see how they respond. Just see if they have to think about it or if they're, pretty quick if they're passionate about trying to sell it or if they're really just thinking on the on the fly and thinking back to all the conversation that I had with him a lot of it was thinking up on the fly avoiding talking about the product you know it's kind of like those uh Nigerian princes that email you hey I seen your listing on Craigslist and (laughs) do you still have the item available I'll PayPal you money so yeah, stay away from anything from Nigeria or PayPal. <laughs> That's fraud. But if you're going out somewhere, um, one thing I think I, I kind of do now is I try to tell them I don't have the cash on me. If it's something that seems like you're still not comfortable, tell them, hey, let's go to the bank. I'll withdraw the cash there if I like it. If not, we'll just split part ways. So that's kind of a good, the bank will have security. You know, no one's going to bring a gun to the bank. Uh pretty safe bet so do it obviously business hours and just meet at a bank so what would you do if uh you got shot during a craigslist deal if i got shot going doing a craigslist deal yeah like you were doing a craigslist Uh, deal and then you got shot what would you do rethink craigslist as a whole wonder why uh it exists. Uh, <laughs> applied for a concealed carry permit <laughs> afterwards, assuming I made it, made it out alive. You did make it out alive. Um, oh, sweet. Okay. Um, now, if I got shot doing a Craigslist deal, I, I don't know. Like, in the moment, try not to bleed out. Try not to die. Um, afterwards, making it out alive, um, probably never use Craigslist again. Um, you know, depending on what it was for if I was to buy something just you know stick to good old Amazon eBay <laughs> uh, but what if it was like a really real really really good deal well that's probably why you got shot then <laughs> like no like I can't tell you how many times the old thing like if it's too good to be true it probably is like that that is that's such an accurate statement yeah um 
you know, you go to buy a car at a car dealership that you looked at online, and it's at a regular dealership, and it's like, yo, like, holy cow, this, like, 2015 Ford Mustang is only $5,000. <laughs> you go, you look at it, it looks amazing, and everything looks good. You go, you open the door, the interior's perfect, it's only got 4,000 miles, what the heck, like, how is it possible? So you're like, hey, they pop the hood, let me inspect the engine. Oh, there's no engine. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. If you would, take a moment to go to iTunes and rate the podcast. This makes the podcast more available to listeners like you. We'd like to take a minute and thank Javier Suarez, a.k.a. Jazar, for the music that you've heard on this podcast. You can check him out on betterwithmusic.com. This podcast is produced by us, Jeremy and Drew. Check out bigbearmedia.org for more information. We'll see you next time.